0: Here comes second and 10 for San Francisco, right to left, just starting the game. Purdy looks right, looks left. Odigizua had him, and then to finish the sack, here comes DeMarcus Lawrence. Boy, Odigizua was through there in a hurry.
1: KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan. Cowboys lose to the 49ers, and right now, it's time for the C-Block, starring Corey Majors and a special guest. It is DallasCowboys.com. Isaiah, stand back. Isaiah, how you doing today, man?
0: Man, I'm hanging in there, man. How about you guys?
1: I'll feel better if you just start dropping fire on everybody, and then we can just <laughs> jump in along with you and just start bashing folks.
0: Man, I feel like that's what it's going to be here for a little while. You know, every, every seemingly every offseason, that's what it has to always be for the Cowboys Nation, unfortunately. But we hopefully they can change some things around, but they got some work to do.
2: Let, we'll get into some of the future thoughts here. Uh, but uh, for this game specifically, Isaiah – What was the biggest failure on the Cowboys' part? I feel like the defense served did very well in this game, but the offense left a lot to be desired.
0: You're absolutely correct. I mean, the word that came to mind for me following the game was just disappointment. You talk about a team who uh, defensively has been pretty consistent along the year. Um, Last year, you think about the relationship between the offense and the defense. It was pretty complimentary. The offense was at the top of the league. The defense was at the top of the league in terms of takeaways. That was a great relationship. All right. A great marriage. Now you flip the script and now you're, into a season where you had some turmoil or some things that you had to overcome. The coaching staff did amazing by weathering that storm uh, with Cooper Rush and going 4-1 and, and that whole deal. But now you're in a situation with your quarterback where he's having a turnover issue. And because of the turnover issues, you're now putting your defense at a disadvantage. Um, it's not one person's fault, but it is heavily weighted on the quarterback, which is why the QB is so valued in this league. Uh, but to, to put yourself in a situation where you're turning the ball over frequently against teams that you can't, Afford to give more opportunities to you can't expect yourself to win ball games like that. Nevertheless, ever ever try to bring home a big boy trophy. So, I was disappointed in the, the inability for this offense to move the ball on a consistent basis. I was very pleased to see the the surges, not, not even the resurgence, but the. The 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 growth and development of C D Lamb, you really saw his competitive competitive nature come along, um, but we had an ineffective running game, uh, our our passing game was was lackluster, uh, Dak was not on his game again, and that's been consistent all year long. That's the one inc- inconsistency that has been consistent all year has been the turnovers, um, and you just you can't afford yourself you can't you can't expect to win ball games like that, man. And it's just it's really unfortunate that we're sitting here having this conversation again year after year, uh, but it's always something different.
2: Isaiah, you're you're playing gm for this moment and you've been watching this thing as closely as you have what is what is the thing that you can do without the offensive coordinator or is it the eyes and abilities of the quarterback at this point
0: oh man what can you do without well that's that's, that's a loaded question man I don't yeah, think it is. This team can necessarily. i don't think they can necessarily do without much i mean you you know, one of my comments following in the post-game show yesterday on the Cowboys platform was how many years can you expect to have a roster this stacked yeah. with a coaching staff, this amazing and keep coming up short. I mean, you, you have one of the most highly coveted coaches um, in Dan Quinn, who's going to, you're, you're putting him in a position again where he's going to have to try to say no mm-hmm. for the second year in a row to a ton of opportunities that are out there. Um, I think there's more opportunities this year than there was even last year. And, you're most likely going to lose him, and even if you don't lose him, even if you do retain him somehow, some way, you have so many salary cap issues, so many free agents that you have to try to re-sign. And we know Dallas likes to try to do things a discount, double-check way, and try to find you know veterans that are out there that have op- that that look for opportunities and you know try to work your way through the draft. But it's always a building process, and I know Dallas Cowboys fans are tired of this building process. And they want—they want the Ws, man. You want the Ws. You can't keep talking about things of the past when you have a, when you're in a position to win the right now. And I'm not sure of what they're going to do with with. Tony Pollard, you know, obviously they have a position where they can definitely tag him if he doesn't want to sign a contract. They don't come to a, a deal. Um, Zeke's going to take a pay cut. We all know that's going to happen. But you have to start looking forward to the future and start talking about C.D. Lamb. This time you have to start thinking about re-upping C.D. Lamb and Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs and some of your your nucleus pieces that you have. All the while, Dak's going to add 30 more million dollar hit towards your cap space going yep. into next year. You're yep. talking about a 49 million dollar hit. I, I, so I don't know how you could talk about retaining guys when you have that kind of problem over your head. Now, when you talk about the discount double check, you're like
1: right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> is, is any of the need for the discount double check? Because this is what I believe, that the Cowboys are poor negotiators to begin with. Like, I, I feel like you gave a at market rate or perhaps over market rate value contract to Michael Gallup, who was hurt. If they didn't franchise Tony Pollard, I feel like they would do the exact same thing with Tony Pollard. Dak Prescott got hurt, and they gave him $8 million more than what he was asking for the year before. I feel like we are not good as an organization at negotiating with our own players, but we love it so much, and that's why we have to double discount double-check so much.
0: I, I don't disagree with you. I do believe, and it's a, it's a positive thing, but it's a negative thing at the same time. You know, the Jones family, they're all about being loyal to their soil. They love their guys. If they've invested in you and you've been a great representative of their brand, they will give you every opportunity to come back and play for them. I I, I respect them for that and I love them for that, but at the same time, that can be their Achilles' heel. Uh, Michael Gallup is not what he was last year. It's just called a spade a spade. I mean, you saw it on you saw it on his inability to come out of the route uh, yesterday. That hurt them. You know, you saw also saw that compound that problem by throwing the ball that direction. So I think that the, some of this stuff is kind of on on hope. And we all know that hope is not a strategy. Um, they're going to have to find a way to be more aggressive, I believe, this offseason um, to get some more guys. But I honestly don't think that the guys are the problem. That's the thing. Everybody's going to look to the players. They've they Over the last two years, they've had a stacked roster. The roster has not been the issue. The coaching staff has not been the issue. It's been the execution. And this year, it's been the turnovers.
2: With with Zeke cuz Tony Pollard goes down that changed the game. Uh Absolutely. like that completely you you could pick up yards with Tony Pollard that you weren't going to quite get with uh with Zeke. What is Zeke's role with this? He was not good yesterday, Isaiah.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. And I, and I think Zeke coming off of The offseason, I think he was explosive. I think he was agile. I think he was lighter. Um, And then as the year progressed, he started losing some of that explosiveness. He started losing some of that burst. Um, And then you you saw what he was yesterday. Um, I think that Zeke is still a very valuable asset in this league, but it's more so from the standpoint of his understanding of the game. It comes from the standpoint of him knowing the protections and being able to protect that. Uh, it comes from being a short yardage back. And that's really the role that he's in now because he does not have those same attributes as he once had. Um, and he understands that. You can see it in his eye that he understands that. I don't think that's going to be an a argumentative point for him going forward. Um, it's just you're seeing somebody age. And people don't like to see their superstars age, but this is the reality of the league, you know, bigger, younger, faster, stronger. Um, And unfortunately he's just going the opposite direction in that regard.
2: And, you know, when it comes to aging, a guy that will be a year older next year, but he still had a pretty good season. Dalton Schultz, Kevin said that he had, what was he, he suffered malaise. Yeah. It's a combination of lazy and all these other things in that last couple of plays that he just, I don't know. He was disconnected in that moment.
0: Yeah, I'm, I mean, no disrespect to Dalton Schultz. I think he's done a heck of a job with his time here with Dallas. I've I've never been a a huge advocate of of why they franchise tagged him. I was never really on board with that. I don't think that he brings enough uh, individually um, to merit that amount. Um, but they did. They saw the value in him, and he, you know, he got his money, and good for him. But I think going forward, you know, if you're going to invest that kind of money on a tight end they have to be an impact tight end they have to be a kiddo they have to be a kelsey they have to be some of these guys you know in joku some of these guys that can that can catch the ball get some yaks and can sit in there and block and i'm not sure that schultz provides enough of a value for you say hey i'm gonna pay you millions of dollars to do something that i feel that ferguson can still do as well um so schultz in terms of what everybody was expecting of him He wasn't going to be effective yesterday because you never had a running game. And if you don't have a running game as a Dallas Cowboys, you don't have a passing game because your passing game comes off of play action. And where does the majority of Dawson Schultz passes come from? Just like you saw him yesterday, red zone touchdown, that's where he gets them off of the play action. So that's the type of guy he is. He's a system tight end. There's nothing wrong with that, um, but that is what he is. I don't think you're going to ever expect Dawson Schultz to sit up there and block any of the best defensive ends in this league, nor are you ever going to expect him to line up and beat any safeties one-on-one. So from that perspective, I think he's a system guy.
1: Would you be more interested in, like I know that person might not like immediately be there, but I'm just saying in theory, would you be more interested in trying to make a run at a big money tight end who might not fit that system mold? Or do you like the Cowboys ability to move on from Schultz and go with Ferguson and Hendershot on the cheap and see if they can be system tight ends for way cheaper?
0: I think you have a handful of young tight ends on your roster. And as you just mentioned, Ferguson and Hendershot, I think those guys are going to be a great tandem going forward um, in terms of fulfilling the roles that Dalton Schultz might vacate should he not come back. Uh, I think that they're going to have to start turning their attention towards some positions such as cornerback. You're, you know, your cornerback is going to be a highly touted position for Dallas Cowboys this off season. I think they're going to have to continue to add to their offensive of line depth. That's, Definitely going to be an issue going forward because you have an aging Martin, you have a Tyron Smith, where you don't know what the heck he's going to be doing because right. you have a Terrence Steele who's unrestricted, who's a restricted free agent, but you're hoping to bring him back. But then you have you've invested into Tyler Smith at the left tackle, so where does that leave Tyron? So you have to figure that out and start figuring. Okay, who are going to be behind these guys? Um, I think that's going to be they have to get back to being in the trenches, and that's when that's when I feel Dallas was most dominant was when all their investment was into their offensive and defensive line.
2: Now, I, I, this question uh, is a quick answer, very simple, but it leads to my second one.
1: Are th- tell him how to answer.
2: Well, he can answer however he wants. <laughs> uh, you, are the guys going to watch this game together uh, in the next couple of days?
0: I don't. I don't know that locker room enough to make that judgment. Okay. Um, from my from my experience, no. Okay. Uh, you, you typically go back and watch it yourself. Um, but again, I don't know. How together that locker room is. I don't know who is in that locker room that calls the guys together and say, hey, we need to watch this together because the reality is some of these guys no longer have jobs and they're no longer tied to the Dallas Cowboys.
2: Well, and that, I guess, to that mm-hmm. point, then, how is, is Diggs lucky that nobody else is going to be able to watch that game around him mm-hmm. then from that respect? Because how many people would be looking at him going, really, dude?
0: I think people are asking Diggs to be somebody he's not. And you know, last year when Diggs was getting all these interceptions, I was very slow to jump on the Diggs bandwagon in terms of him being a dominant cornerback. I think he's a really good cornerback. I think he's a really good cover cornerback. Uh, I think he did grow this year. But for you to sit up for people that sit up there and have the expectations of a of a Jalen Ramsey on him, that's not him. Mm. That's, that's, not, that's not who he is. He's not Jalen Ramsey. He's not like uh, he's better than Ward like, like we, like, that we just faced yesterday in coverage, but you saw Ward coming up and laying the hat on a couple guys. You don't have that in him. Now, you can go get somebody else that can be that type of enforcer on the edge, and it does make huge contributions to your defense when you have that run support from the cornerback position, but that's not who he is. And I and I mentioned it yesterday, to, to, even to Nate Noon. I was like, Deion Sanders, wasn't a, he wasn't coming up to hit nobody. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he wasn't coming to hit nobody. He didn't want no part of it. But guess what? You are going to run no routes on him either. So as long as Trayvon is the guy that can shut down your number one receiver, which I think he is getting there. I think he's there some days, some days he's not. But for the most part, he's a really good quarterback. But if he doesn't want to hit nobody, they just have to have to change the defense up to ensure that he's not in that position too often.
1: I swear this is not a political question. What are did, you doing right now? <laughs> did you see Governor Greg Abbott's tweet yesterday oh about God. Brett Maher?
0: yeah i saw the governor and the mayor they both just need to keep their keep their thumbs in their pockets
1: (laughs) greg greg Abbott's tweet right now has 20.6 million views to which somebody i was watching the game with me looked at me and goes isn't he in a wheelchair i was like yes i think that was kind of the uh (laughs) so bad (laughs) it really was that one stung just a little bit
0: yeah i mean just come on man i Yeah, I mean, but listen, everybody's entitled to an opinion. Uh, When you see stuff like that, man, I literally just brush it off. You can't put any weight on that. Just disregard it. Well,
1: (laughs) we appreciate you, as always. Every time you're on with us, you're fantastic. And we appreciate you uh, doing an interview even after the Cowboys lose. Not everybody does that.
0: (laughs) No, it's all good, man. I appreciate you guys, man. Always hit hit me up. There you go. Thanks,
2: Isaiah. I appreciate it, man. He is fantastic. No problem, man. You guys are good. He is good.
1: because the Jones family are firing people right now.
2: I may, I could we don't be. know. That's speculation. Could I don't be. want to do that. There, I will say I bet like the whole coaching interview isn't back.
1: The whole coaching. I just saw Russ, Ross Tucker. I think he means as though, like, man for man. Not <laughs> okay, everybody's yeah, back. Like, not, you know, I thought you were saying no. No no no, Jerry, no, 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 Jerry's
2: like, I'm coaching next year. That's what I thought you were saying there. But <laughs> That
1: would be awesome. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this you don't got to sell nothing. If Jerry Jones is like, you know what? Now I'm the head coach. Can you imagine? Done. Oh, my gosh. Who's that guy
2: number 14 on Tampa Bay catching the ball? I thought he was our defensive back.
1: You're never going to let that Chris Godwin thing go. And And where's that Wilson wide receiver on our team? I thought we had him three weeks ago. I'm very sorry, G. How about that Ram
2: in his game?